in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. morning to you. It's July 20th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on National Moon Day, Walking on the Moon. Little police for you to start the day. I really like that song. It's a great song. That's a lot of fun. So walking, why is today Walking on the Moon Day? So it coincides with the anniversary. This day, back in 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. Stepped onto the moon. He was walking on the moon. (laughs) Just like the police were singing. <laughs> oh, wow. What an historic day. Yeah, July 20th, 1969. How about that? So we're going to we're gonna relive that in uh, one okay. of our new segments coming up. I'll and, tell you uh, what I was doing on that day. You were a senior in high school then, weren't you? <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> oh. Hardly. I thought you were in science class. <laughs> I was in, so we watched the whole thing. You watched the whole thing. No, you weren't uh, in science class uh, or a senior in high school. I joke. You what joke. were you doing? What was it? You want to know what yeah, I was doing? Right. I was giving my mother a pain in the back because uh, my birthday's in two days. That's right. So this was very close to my birthday many a years ago. So I was, uh, I was not, let's just say I was not watching the television at <laughs> no. the Lunar Landing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's a long time ago, obviously, just a, just a youngster at the time. Uh, I think just watching it on the old black and white TV right there. <laughs> Oh, and all of those people going, that's not real. They're not really up there. How did they get that signal all the way from the moon to Earth and then into your TV? Uh, That was quite a feat, uh, we'll say uh, 50-something years ago. NASA said at the time, and it still could be, I don't know, that it was the single greatest technological achievement of all time to send somebody to the moon. So there is that great movie that me and my kids love watching it called hidden figures oh yeah and it was about the uh the computers group of uh african-american women who were working for nasa at the time and in particularly it followed three women one of whom was calculating the orbit Mm -hmm. of the of the lunar missions yeah that is a great movie yeah glad you mentioned that maybe that'd be a great way to uh watch that today i thought you were going to mention capricorn one Oh. Which is not a great movie. No, yeah. that was not it. Uh, or, of course, The Right Stuff. The Right Stuff is a great which movie. Which yeah. you just can't help but just feel emotional about the courage of these men watching that movie. Or Apollo 13. You no, know, not that one. <laughs> that's a great movie. That's though. a great Although movie, that's, but... Uh, that's the other end of the spectrum. A little tense, yeah. yeah. That's, that's tense there. But they made it back. They did. Yes. We know what happens. So did uh, Apollo 11. So that's, uh, well, we will relive that in history today. 
Uh, smoky day yesterday. Again. Wow. What a day it was. It, fires. Fires, smoke in the air. And it's funny because I, wa- I did walk outside yesterday morning, not realizing that it was that much smoke. I thought a neighbor had put on like one of those overnight smokes that had a big party or right. you know, put something on their Traeger and the neighborhood smelled like smoke but then mm-hmm. lo and behold it was that fire and now we wake up today it's still pretty smoky out there yeah so one of the stories we'll have for you coming up is multnomah county put a burn ban into place because of all of the smoke okay it, makes sense yeah so you, you can certainly figure why that happened but hopefully today will be a little less smoky it looks like it to start the day i mean winds could shift much of the smoke though kind of surprisingly came up from Southern Oregon, the big fire down there. Oh, really? Not necessarily. Not the Longview fire. Yeah, not the Longview fire. The wind was going in the other direction, and so that was bringing that smoke up. So it's all based on the wind. That's okay. all how it happens. Well, so, hopefully anyway. things shift yeah. a little bit. So shift in a way that, that scours out the yeah. smoke and also shifts in a way that help firefighters get a handle on everything that's burning right yeah, now. Absolutely. What do you have coming up today? Well, the Pope's Ukraine envoy wraps up a whirlwind diplomatic visit at D- in D.C. A little time with President Biden ended yeah. the visit. All right. So uh, big show ahead. Stay with us. All right. We're going to start things now with Matt Redman and Bless the Lord. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bless the
Redmond and bless the Lord. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Thursday morning, just zipping right through the week. It was hot yesterday. It, it was hot yesterday. 97. I just looked it up. It was like, wow, I, that did get warm. I didn't think it was quite that warm, yeah. but yeah, it makes it sense. Get warm. We're going to talk with Natalie Wood, the executive director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, how you can engage with Catholic Charities right after this. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. You would send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. 
For more than 33 years, Matraday Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultry. It's really miraculous. I'd come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Matraday Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate occasions and three separate priests. God's providence was so clear to me, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Day Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at MatraDayRadio.com. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. We got a stretch of nice summer temperatures ahead of us. We're still going to be dealing with that smoke in the air, but hopefully in the next day, it'll slowly start to scour out. The Longview fire is under control, so we should be seeing a little mm-hmm. bit of a decrease. Again, though, those southern fires still affecting us. Beginning today, partly sunny skies and highs getting us to about 88 degrees. Then overnight, we cool down to a 60-degree mark. Tomorrow, 87 degrees. We stay in the mid-80s through the weekend and into next week. All right, 64 degrees at St. Andrew's Church in Portland. And 63 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. Well, we are joined this morning by Natalie Wood, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, for our monthly visit. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm very good. Thank you so much for asking. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You enjoying the summer? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. It's so much better than the 110 degrees or something they're Uh, experiencing in Houston, so... I've noticed that some of the Southwest is just absolutely baking. I think Phoenix sent a record for most 110 degrees in a row. Just Uh, just tough. So I think we're a little blessed, even though we can deal with some of the 90s here. But uh, Southwest, yeah, that's that's kind of hot. Have you gotten a chance to travel much around the state since you've been here now for over a year, I guess? Yeah, I've traveled a little bit. I've got a friend who lives in Salem, so I go to Salem all the time. Yeah. And I've been to the coast several times, several different places on the coast, nice. and that's just beautiful. And I've been up to Mount Hood, and I've stayed in, at uh, one of the campgrounds there. And nice. So, yeah, we're looking for, for a couple other places to go camping. So if you know of any, oh, I'm looking. So. Uh, excellent. Are you an outdoors person? Do you like to be out? I never did until I got here. Oh, nice. And it's so beautiful here that I just love being out here. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of wonderful places to visit. You know, you mentioned Salem Catholic Community Services of the Mid Valley. Mm-hmm. Then you have Catholic Community Services of Lane County right. down in the Eugene mm-hmm. Springfield area. Mm-hmm. Catholic Charities of Oregon up here. Do you get a chance to interact much with those organizations? Catholic Community Services of Lane County is one of our agency, uh, or we're the umbrella agency. And uh, so I sit on their board. Oh, okay. And I go visit with them once a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The need is everywhere. Absolutely. It is everywhere and it is growing. And I will tell you that Lane County, the Catholic Community Services there, does an excellent job. They are growing. And Lori, who is the executive director there, is a wonderful woman. Yeah. 
That's mm-hmm. great. Well, it's glad to see there's that interaction and the help one another as mm-hmm. we move along through the year. So one of the things we're doing here at Mater Day Radio, periodically, we have interns come in and they get a chance to learn about Mater Day Radio and some of the things we do here. Do you have something similar at Catholic Charities of Oregon where folks can come in, interns, mentors, uh, th- those sorts of things? Yes, we do. So we take internships for social workers and we will uh, work with them. We also take internships in our accounting department. So we have different places where we have individuals come in and are able to complete their school requirements. Mm -hmm. And we are able to mentor them as they move forward, which is really, really important. And I mean, I know that from personal experience as yeah. well. I was going to ask you that. How important was a mentor to you as you moved along in your career? It was very important. You know, my mother never went beyond the fifth grade. Mm. And uh, I was the first uh, woman in my family to graduate from high school, let alone get a master's degree and then a license. And so when I started working, a mentor was very, very helpful to me because I needed a personal mentor as well as a mentor for my profession. Yeah. And so, and that's what we try to do at Catholic Charities as well, be um, personal mentors uh, to the individuals. And, you know, and a lot of the interns that come in, they decide to stay at Catholic Charities. Yeah. They don't want to leave when their internship is up. They apply for positions there. And other ones, you know, go on to do other things. But we say once Catholic Charities is in your blood, yeah. it is always there. So the mission stays with them. That's uh, wonderful. Again, we're speaking with Natalie Wood, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, our monthly visit with Natalie. Speaking of mentorships and, and the importance it, it meant to you in mm-hmm. your career, and I just can't help but think about somebody coming into Catholic Charities and maybe not knowing that much about the community, the need Mm -hmm. that is out there. What an impression that can make on their hearts when they see the need and get a chance to work with people. Oh, absolutely. I remember when I had first started working in the social service industry, I had never known the extreme poverty that people were living in. I mean, we were poor, but there were people who just made me look rich by Mm -hmm. comparison, you know, and same when you come here, um, the people that we work with experience this poverty and not just poverty, physical poverty, but spiritual poverty as well. And they really need to be recognized and treated with respect and dignity so that they can remember that they have value and worth. And so that's really being able to have an impact on people's lives like that really allows you to, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. I I always remember one of the sayings that my parents always said to me, and it it has always stuck with me, and maybe you've heard this before, and I've mentioned this before, for the grace of God, there go I. Absolutely. That's exactly something that we say very frequently. Yeah. Because it's sometimes when you listen to people and you hear the stories of how they got into, I mean, no one wakes up and says, I want to be a homeless person or I want to be a substance abuser and live on the streets and have no future. No one says that. And so what happens is they have things happen to them over their life. 
And when they come in and we start working with them, they start telling us their stories. You know, the refugees who come in who tell you of their stories Mm. and the trauma that they've been through just because of where they were born, very, very easily, very easily, it could have been one of us. Right. So obviously we do say very frequently, there but for the grace of God go I. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Which makes me think too, as we talk about this, and maybe there are people hearing this and they're thinking to themselves, you know what, I'd like to engage with Catholic Charities of Oregon, uh, or be it Catholic Charities, uh, Community Services Mm -hmm. of Lane County, Mm Mid-Willamette Valley, and they want to help. Mm-hmm. And how can how can folks do that? How can they engage with Catholic Charities of Oregon to be a volunteer, to be a helper? Yeah, well, there's a lot of ways that you can engage because, you know, one of the things that you can do is you can donate. And you can donate financially or you can donate items, household items, because we always need household items to give clothes, right. um, to give to people food to hand out to people. So all of those things are, you know, desperately needed. You can volunteer your time with mm-hmm. us and you can do it on a regular basis. You can do it for one time. You can do it on a weekly basis. I know our food pantry always needs uh, assistance handing out food to people. And that's a once a week for about three or four hours. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can donate. Let's say you say, well, you know, I don't know how to donate that way, but I can work on a computer or, you know, I know how to do finances. Well, we take volunteers in those areas as well. Right. So, I mean, being a nonprofit, we rely very heavily on volunteers to mm-hmm. assist us. And then if you really see what uh, moves your heart and you really feel like this is something you feel passionate about and you want to make a difference in, then we also have positions available and we welcome people to look at, you know, the positions that we have online and look and see, maybe you want to be a case manager and help people move along the path in their journey. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you would like to be someone who helps supervise a program. Maybe you have past managerial experience and, and that's something that you would like to do. You know, maybe this would be a second career option for you. Maybe yeah. you've had your first career and now you want to look at something that you would rather do. And so now you're doing it for your heart. So we have different types of positions that uh, we can do also there as well. So there's a lot of different positions. You know, we have people from all walks of life. We work with, we're very diverse, all religions, all backgrounds. So we are very diverse in our staff as well. And so that helps us. We need people who speak all different types of languages. We need interpreters. People can volunteer in that way. So there's just a lot of ways. Your creativity is the Mm -hmm. limit in how you can get involved and make a difference with Catholic Charities. And I noticed what you said, too. If you go to Catholic Charities of Oregon's website, Mm -hmm. you have these listed there, not only the volunteer opportunities, Mm -hmm. but the employment opportunities as well. Absolutely. They just go to the top of the website and click on careers, and we have job opportunities listed there, and they can look and see what we have. And, uh, you know, this may be your first time doing something like this and uh, but we always provide you with very strong supervisors that's one thing god has blessed us with very passionate people who believe very strongly in the purpose and the mission 
and they will help guide you through that. Yeah. I couldn't think of really a more rewarding career or volunteer opportunity mm-hmm. than to help others. Well, I certainly have found it rewarding, and I've been doing this work now for close to 30 years. Yeah. And so I would, I have, you know, dedicated my life to it because it, I just get such meaning from it and such purpose for my life. That's wonderful. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, on our monthly visit. Always great to talk with you. Oh, same here. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. Well, have a great day. Thank you. You too. It is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. Another great discussion with Natalie Wood there at Catholic Charities. Yeah. She nails that so well in that whenever any of us do something, volunteer something to help somebody else, what we get back mm-hmm. as part of that reward, and, and it is so satisfying the way she said it, it it's both it goes both ways yeah yeah and again if you're really moved to want to help go to catholic charities website and check it out again all the volunteer opportunities employment opportunities are listed there fantastic and if you want to listen to that again go to our website materdayradio.com that interview is going to be made into a podcast you're also going to be able to listen to it on the hail mary media app i'll also include those links that david and natalie were talking about that'll get you right to catholic charities again you can find it at mater day radio support for mater day radio comes from our leadership circle members including dr mark bianco family dentist Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost-sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Hi, everyone. This is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 727 at Mater Day Radio. Smoky days lead to burn bans. We'll have the details in the news. Pope Francis, Ukraine envoy, wraps up a whirlwind diplomatic visit in D.C. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Sarah Hart. Way to me. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Cover 
is Sarah Hart. Way to me. It is 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, a couple of big fires yesterday prompted Multnomah County health officials to issue a mandatory burn ban for all county residents due to air pollution from the blazes. Ban includes all backyard burning, recreational fires, burning yard debris, agricultural burning, and permits issued for open burning. I've not heard yet this morning how long the burn ban will be in place. It kind of depends on what the air quality does. Restrictions don't apply to cooking, but the county is asking residents to exercise extreme caution when cooking outdoors. County officials said smoke from a paper mill fire in Longview, Washington, entered the Portland metro area on Tuesday evening, degrading air quality. Then a massive structure fire at the former Kmart store at the corner of 122nd and Sandy Boulevard also contributed to poor air quality during morning hours yesterday. Those sensitive to smoke urged to stay indoors. You also have that fire in southern Oregon, and that was bringing up smoke, too, because mm. the winds were coming in from the south. So you had these all these three things happening at once, and, uh, yeah, that didn't lead to great air. Italian Cardinal Matteo Zuppi met with President Joe Biden Tuesday evening to discuss the Vatican's humanitarian efforts in war-torn Ukraine. Owen Jensen, EWTN Nightly News, has the coverage. After spending time Tuesday at the U.S. Capitol, Cardinal Matteo Zuppi then met with President Joe Biden, the White House writing a summary of their discussions. President Biden shared his wishes for Pope Francis's continued ministry and global leadership and welcomed the recent nomination of a U.S. Archbishop as Cardinal. They also discussed the Holy See's efforts providing humanitarian aid to address the widespread suffering caused by Russia's continuing aggression in Ukraine, as well as the Vatican's advocacy for the return of four forcibly deported Ukrainian children. A statement from the Vatican said Zuppi's visit seeks to facilitate the exchange of ideas and opinions regarding the current situation, as well as provide that humanitarian initiative. They said they look to alleviate the suffering of the most vulnerable people, especially children. Well, I'm here at work today, so obviously I didn't (laughs) win, but... A ticket sold in California has won the $1 billion Powerball jackpot in Wednesday night's drawing, among the largest in the game's history. The lucky ticket holder will have the choice between taking the full prize over a period of time or a lump sum payment of $558 million. Not too shabby either. That's before taxes. The ticket was sold at Los Palmitas Mini Mart in downtown Los Angeles. Okay. So there you go. If you, if you were shopping there and you bought a ticket, you better check it. Uh, Wednesday's prize ranks as the seventh largest U.S. lottery jackpot and third largest Powerball jackpot behind the world record $2 billion Powerball jackpot. One last year in... California. In California. I guess you better go to California to if buy If you want to yeah, win. They sell enough tickets yeah, there, though. I, your I, odds may be a little bit better just because yeah, of the sheer number. I guess so. <laughs> In addition to Wednesday's big winner, 36 tickets sold across 16 states matched all five numbers to win $1 million. So don't throw your ticket out just yet. You want to check to see. Hey, you maybe, might win. That would, be, that would be... All right, too, Yes, I think. I think it would be just fine, absolutely. So uh, not all hope is lost, though, because Friday's Mega Millions drawing up to $720 million. Okay, so if you didn't buy a ticket for last night's <laughs> drawing, you still have an opportunity to win big. Is that what you're uh, that's saying? That's what I'm saying, yes.
A man is facing 13 charges from a Multnomah County grand jury indictment after allegedly throwing baseball-sized rocks off of Interstate 84 overpass and damaging several vehicles driving below. The Multnomah County District Attorney announced that 20-year-old suspect was indicted on first-degree criminal mischief, four counts of second-degree criminal mischief, first-degree criminal trespass, and four counts of recklessly endangering another person. Around 4 a.m. June 26, officials say multiple drivers called 911 reporting that their cars were struck by rocks near Northeast 223rd Avenue and Northeast Sandy Boulevard. Other drivers said their cars were hit by rocks along I-84 in the Fairview area, along with another motorist reporting their vehicle hit by a cinder block. On the scene, officers found approximately seven vehicles with damaged windshields and roofs, along with baseball-sized rocks below a railroad bridge. Deputies quickly set up a perimeter and caught the suspect and two juveniles who were also Mm. taken into custody. I have read these stories to my children before. I'm not sure in this particular case, but oftentimes it's young people like that who yeah. think ha, it, it's funny, crack something, but that'll oh, kill somebody. Absolutely. And it has. Yeah, it has. It can be just incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And a series of emergencies on Interstate 5 and Interstate 205 early yesterday made for extensive traffic jams and lengthy commutes for many Clark County motorists in case you were caught in it. This is what happened. Just before 7 a.m., Washington State Patrol troopers responded to a crash on the southbound lanes of Interstate 5 Bridge. A spokesperson for the Washington Department of Transportation said it took responders about 40 minutes to clear that crash. As traffic moved over to I-205, There was another crash shortly after 7 a.m. on the Glen Jackson Bridge, State Patrol spokesman said. Now, that was shortly followed at 8.34 a.m., a road rage incident that ended in a three-vehicle crash on I-205 near exit 27. Investigators determined a driver crashed into a Washington driver, which pushed them into an Oregon driver into the shoulder of the freeway. Troopers referred charges of reckless driving and third-degree driving with a suspended license against that initiative. Mm. That was a tough morning. What a mess. David, I've been talking about this here recent weeks, too, and we we found out yesterday following traffic was bad in the morning. Afternoon traffic has just been snarled since the summer started. I'm not quite sure what this, yeah. what's causing all of it, but just take a breath. Yeah, Everybody wants to get to their destination safely. That's the goal. Absolutely. Well, in sports, this should be a lot of fun for soccer fans. A watch party is planned for Portland's Pioneer Courthouse Square tomorrow as the U.S. women's national team takes on Vietnam in its opening match of the 2023 FIFA World Cup in Auckland, New Zealand. Watch Party, being hosted by the Sports Bra, Bar, and Restaurant, starts at noon and will feature a 2 p.m. showing of the classic soccer film, Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, of course. You know who's in that? Let's see here. Is it like Keira Knightley? Keira Knightley, Okay, that's right. Uh, That'll be followed by the live stream of the match at 6 p.m. Again, that's tomorrow evening. 
Portland Thorns stars Sophia Smith and Crystal Dunn lead the U.S. squad that's going after a third consecutive World Cup title. Team also features University of Portland alum Megan Rapino, who has announced this will be her last World Cup with the team as she edges toward retirement. Already today, New Zealand was upset, or New Zealand upset Norway. Okay. In one of the first round matches. So the tournament underway, Auckland, New Zealand. Exciting. So noon, you can watch the movie. Yep. And then in the afternoon, the game. The game. So 2 p.m. is the movie. Okay. Gates open at noon. Okay. 2 p.m., Bend It Light Beckham. Game at 6 o'clock. Fun. Pioneer Courthouse Square. sounds like a good afternoon in Portland. It'll be a beautiful day, too. Whenever a saint or biblical character wanted to hear God... They almost always distanced themselves from other people and sought solitude. Sometimes they would find a secluded forest to encounter God, while other times they would find a mountain. An episode in the life of the prophet Elijah is one of the best known examples of this type of solitude. God expressly asks Elijah to go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will pass by. Then God reveals himself to Elijah in what some translation calls a still, small voice. Even Jesus, during his agony in the garden, distanced himself from his apostles in order to speak with his heavenly father. Sit here, he said, while I go over there and pray. So in order to hear God's voice within our soul, we must reduce all exterior distractions. There is a reason why it is typically much easier to pray in an empty church building than in the middle of Times Square. Our minds can easily be led astray by both verbal noise as well as visual noise. As it is revealed in the life of Elijah, God is not easily heard in the violent storm, fire or earthquake, but in the stillness. And we should try to remember this simple fact and take advantage of any opportunity we are given to spend time alone, away from other people. Time of solitude can be seen as a gift from God and an opportunity to deepen our relationship with him. Silence can sometimes be difficult to endure, but when we recognize it as an opportunity to listen to God, his presence can wash over us and grant us his peace. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This afternoon at 3 o'clock, it's Catholic Bible Study from the Grotto in person and also live stream. Join Father Edgar Benedim for a weekly hour of Bible study, an opportunity to deepen your knowledge about the Word of God in the Sunday readings. Please bring your own Bible. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, MontereyRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we touch base with Solidarity Health Share right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Sister Christa von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. 
the piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only prove to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon. A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 744 on Mater Day Radio. Mostly sunny skies today, high of 88 degrees. Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 61. And then maybe a few morning clouds tomorrow, but then a nice day ahead, high of 86. Currently 60 degrees at St. Michael's Catholic Church out in Sandy. And 61 degrees at St. Paul's Church in Eugene. In recent years, several states have tried to legalize physician-assisted suicide or euthanasia. And so far, nine states have legalized it. Assisted suicide is making suicide available to the patient who takes their own life. Euthanasia involves a lethal injection by a doctor. The practice remains illegal in the U.S. However, Canada legalized euthanasia in 2016. Joining me today to discuss the ongoing proliferation of this is Chris Faddis, the co-founder and president of Solidarity HealthShare, a nonprofit healthshare caring ministry faithful to the moral teachings of the Catholic Church. Good morning, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a big subject, but we cannot deny it happening. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And it's definitely yeah, not an easy one to talk about, but an important one for sure. Chris, the number of people opting for physician-assisted suicide has risen steadily in the countries where it is allowed. What's going on here? Well, you know, look, the culture here and, and in Europe, and you know, is it, really showing less reverence for life. And, and, and we're making more and more kind of assumptions that this is good for people and they should be able to choose and all these things. And, you know, you look at Canada's recorded more than 10,000 cases of assisted suicide in 2021. The Netherlands became the world's first country to allow doctors to kill patients upon request without there needing to be a terminal diagnosis, right? And and so far, they're saying 60,000 people have opted for the procedure. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the program has become under scrutiny because it's showing that even kids with, all, with autism are starting to choose this assisted suicide route and be offered that route. Uh, and so it, it's a big issue that we have to be a pay, pay attention to because laws, uh, states across the country are starting to try to push these laws more and more. 
Uh, and, and it's, it's becoming more and more of a popular kind of approach and more and more people are accepting this, uh, sort of just like, yeah, we, we, why would we matter? Why would it matter? You know, people can make that own their decision. Chris, are there ongoing attempts here in the U.S. by some states to make assisted suicide law? I think here in Washington and Oregon, we know they call it the death with dignity laws. I mean, kind of tell us what this trend is happening across the country. Yeah, I mean, multiple states have, have either passed or tried to pass laws. We're seeing, you know, there, there is certainly some pushback and enough, you know, resistance that it's not going totally smoothly, but it is starting to, to creep across the country. But there's there's a major obstacle, and and actually I think this might be a, a bit of a, a sign of hope that we can stave this off longer. Is you know the Hill um, recently just post published an op-ed with the Patient Rights Action Fund that uh, which is an organization that's against you know making assisted suicide legal, all about the violations against the Americans Disability with Disabilities Act that these laws present. Assisted suicide, according to the op-ed violates the landmark legislation that codifies disability as a protected class, which in healthcare means that if you provide a certain standard of care to some people like suicide prevention care, you cannot provide a different or lesser standard of care to others based on disability or illness. And so that's a big opportunity here. We're seeing that, Hey, the, the, the Americans with disability act, which is a very important law um, that is protecting, you know, people from being kind of discriminated against because of their, quality of life, as it would be said, right, uh, it can actually prevent these laws from going into, a, into effect. Chris Faddis is the co-founder and president of Solidarity HealthShare. He's joining me today as we tackle a very important subject. So where does the Catholic Church stand on this? Because proponents for these bills and these laws say, look, these are people who are suffering. They are trying to take their health care into their own hands and be able to have a passing that is peaceful and by their own terms. The Catholic Church doesn't exactly see it that way. What does what does our church tell us? Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, we we certainly support the idea of palliative care. We we support the idea that that, uh, and I say we as we as Catholics, we as the church, you know, and, and in church teaching, but church teaching most definitely supports the idea that someone can say, listen, the the measures to which you are going to try to keep me alive, or to save my life, or to treat my disease are beyond extraordinary at this point. Or I'm done, you know, fighting. I'm done taking chemotherapy for a say, or I'm done doing these other things. And, and there's certainly room for that. There's certainly room for a person saying, okay, I've tried to fight what I have, and I'm going to go ahead and surrender. And, and that's where you start to then get into the idea of palliative care and hospice care, making the person comfortable, making sure that they have what they need, food, water, oxygen, right? Um, making sure that they have, you know, some, you know, pain management, all of those things support, love, pastoral care, whatever they need, and helping them uh, naturally go to the end of life, right? And, and that is a beautiful process. In fact, it's, it's a time of incredible healing and a time of incredible um, letting go and surrendering. It allows a lot of things to happen in someone's life. Of course, it's painful. It's painful for the family. It's hard to watch. It's, you know, we, we get all of that. Um, and the person can feel oftentimes like a burden during that time. And yet, we believe that that time is such a time of opportunity for grace and, and for oh. suffering to be redemptive, right? And so the church absolutely supports that idea. You do not, you are not forced to keep doing chemotherapy. You are not forced to keep taking extraordinary measures to save, save someone's life. Um, but 
we certainly don't do things that would would uh, you know kind of push someone towards the end or directly take their life. That that's something that that we would the church is consistent on. Oh, Chris, and for anyone who has sat on that bedside in those moments, holding the hand of a loved one, that in, myself included, as uh, my father-in-law passed, as I prayed a Divine Mercy chaplet, mm-hmm. uh, those are irreplaceable moments of time and grace that God gives you, and for sure, moments that you would never want to let pass by you. Chris, tell us about how Solidarity HealthShare, as it relates to the moral challenges with healthcare today. Yeah, I mean, this is a big one, right? How do we make sure that our patients and our members are are treated with dignity at the end of their life? Uh, one thing we do is we we do our best to make sure that we're catching these sort of things. If a, if a doctor started to lead a patient down this path of assisted suicide, we would intercept that and, and lead the patient in the right direction. Uh, and that's an important aspect. Having a healthcare provide, having a you know a healthcare program that supports you know church teaching and your desires, uh, and making sure that you're never going to pay for these things, but also that you're not going to be led down this path, and that you're given the proper life affirming, dignified care that you need at whatever stage in life you're in. Oh, well, it is wonderful that that is a difficult road and so many decisions that family members are having to make at the end of someone's life and to know that Solidarity HealthShare is there to help them make sure they navigate these waters well. It is fantastic, Chris, to have you here on the air with us today. Thank you so much for your time today. God bless you, Brenda. Great to talk to you. God bless you, too. Again, that is Chris Faddis from Solidarity HealthShare. I will be sure to add all the information that will get you right to Solidarity HealthShare. You can find out answers to your questions and be able to talk to one of their great team members. I'll include that link on the podcast of this interview, MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.52 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you want to stay connected to Mater Day Radio even when you are away from the radio? Pretty easy. Just let download our free Hail Mary media app. You give access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio and sign up for customized prayer reminders. It is the free Hail Mary media app that's on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue. Uh, I have a friend, Tim Forrest. He's a surf photographer. Every morning he posts pictures on Island Sunrise, or that morning's sunrise. And he was telling me that a little while ago he was at the beach and someone, some young man was sitting on the beach and he started to put rocks inside his backpack. And he watched this for a while. It was kind of strange to see this guy do that. 
And then that guy put the backpack on his back and started walking into the water. And he realized when he got up to chest high that this guy was actually trying to kill himself. So Tim rushed out and just with a real voice of authority just said, turn around and go back. What are you thinking? And the kid was kind of suffering, struggling a little bit, but he's able to kind of blubber his way, turn around and get back out of the water. And the next day he came up and gave him just the biggest hug and thanked him. But I want to tell you something. I think a lot of us are like that. I think a lot of us have a bunch of rocks in our backpack. Jesus said, you know, that we should take up our cross daily and follow him. But he also said that my burden is light and it fits perfectly. Are you carrying a bunch of rocks in your backpack that don't really belong there? Believe me, if you do, if you're carrying a lot of burdens in your backpack that don't belong to you, you're probably going to get burdened down. You might even get a little bit depressed. You might feel like taking a walk out in the ocean with that backpack on your back. You know, there's sometimes we take on burdens that belong to the Lord. My dad used to have a special drawer. I, I opened it up once. I said, what's all this stuff in here? And he goes, well, this is God's drawer. And I go, what do you mean by that? Well, this is where I put the things that I don't really know. I write a note, the things I really don't know how to handle, don't know really uh, know uh, what, uh, what I need to do. And so I put this in here, and, it, and I pray until God gives me the answer. So this is God's drawer. So let's give our burdens to the Lord. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Virtue. You can find me at deepadventure.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, what were you doing on this day in 1969? Probably in front of your TV set. We'll explain in the news. And if you want to carry less stuff around with you, get a smaller purse. But one designer may have taken this idea just a little too literally, but this small bag brings in a lot of cash at an auction. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Bishop Apollinaris was appointed by St. Peter himself to become the first bishop of Ravenna, Italy. He was tasked with bringing the good news to his flock and bring the good news he did. His words brought salvation to countless people of Ravenna and also brought about the beginning of a very long and difficult journey. The bishop was such a moving shepherd that he was almost always met with persecution and cruel treatment. His first teachings in Ravenna were so powerful that he was beaten and driven from the city. Wait, didn't I say that his teachings were powerful? You are correct. His teachings were so powerful that the pagans grew fearful of the bishop and acted out in violence to silence the truth he brought. 
Bishop Apollinaris was beaten half to death and left to die when a community of Christians found him and nursed him back to help. He then returned a second time, only to be met with the exact same reaction from the people of Ravenna, cruelty and hatred, and he was once again run out of the city. You would think he would become disheartened and hang his hat after a second failed attempt. Quite the opposite happened. The third time he didn't start in the city, but rather preached around Ravenna. He then ventured into the city to continue his teachings, where he was met with horrific torture and a one-way ticket to Greece. Come to find out, the people of Greece also feared his powerful teachings and sent him right back to Ravenna, where he returned for a fourth time. It was then that Bishop Apollinaris was silenced once and for all from a savage beating he received just outside the city. But what they didn't silence was his faith. Just before his passing, he shared with his fellow Christians that this would only be the beginning of the church's suffering and that many more would die for the sake of the kingdom. But he also told them to not lose faith because the church would triumph in the end and overcome her persecutors. St. Polinaris was declared a martyr of the church and is known as the patron saint of Ravenna. He didn't receive his sainthood in a way that most people would strive for, but what he did know was that sharing the gospel was more valuable than his own life. He knew that following Christ would mean taking up the cross, walking the road to Calvary, just as Christ himself had done years before. We as Christians believe that we're meant for more than this life, and that means staying true to the gospel and church teachings. Jesus didn't promise us a comfy life, nor did he say that following him would be easy. What he did promise is that through him is the way, the truth, and the life. Just as St. Peter told Jesus in the book of John, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Knowing this, how can we even consider denying Christ, no matter the persecution we may face? I'll be the first to admit that it's definitely easier said than done, and I myself can see how difficult it is to step back and put everything on the line for Christ. It's a lot, and can definitely seem more overwhelming than not when we're constantly having things shoved into our faces from all different angles. But these are the moments when we need to really draw upon the words of Jesus and pray for the intercession of the martyrs, like St. Apollinaris. St. Apollinaris of Ravenna, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. In your news this hour, a bill to help immigrant children achieve permanent legal status has received the support of the U.S. Bishops Conference for how it would quicken the visa process for vulnerable children, but also because it could free up more visas for foreign-born religious workers. The Protect Vulnerable Immigrant Youth Act was introduced in the House and Senate last month. In essence, it would exempt tens of thousands of children from annual employment-based visa caps, which supporters claim would ease case backlogs and free up visas for people such as religious workers while allowing the children to continue life in the United States as lawful permanent residents. Bishop Mark Seitz of El Paso, the USCCB migration chair, wrote in a July 12th letter to Congress, with this small change, you could uphold the right to religious exercise, a foundational American principle, and empower vulnerable young people to flourish in their new country, contribute to our nation, and reach their full God-given potential. Well, it's that time of year with all the warm weather. Clark County Public Health has issued a warning advisory at Vancouver Lake due to elevated levels of toxins from harmful algae. 
The warning advisory at Lacamas Lake also remains in place. Warning signs are being placed at public access points at the lakes. Toxins in the lakes can be harmful to people, especially young children, and deadly for small pets that drink the water. Health officials recommend no swimming or water skiing, no water contact for animals, avoiding areas of scum when using motorized boats, paddle boarding, kayaking, or canoeing, no drinking lake water and cleaning fish well and discarding the organs. Now, if water with toxins is accidentally swallowed, symptoms could include abdominal pain, diarrhea, vomiting, numbness of the lips, tingling in the fingers and toes, and dizziness. You ever been to Vancouver Lake? Oh, sure. Yeah. It's a big uh, lake. It, it is. It's beautiful. The the you know, scenery around it's very nice. But to be quite honest, yeah, I don't go into that water just for that reason. It All just, right. you know, has trouble from time to time, sure. we'll say. The Diocese of Ogdenburg, New York, has filed for bankruptcy following almost 140 sexual abuse lawsuits for incidents dating back decades filed under the state's Child Victims Act, which allowed states Claims to be filed passed in the statute of limitations for a period of two years, ending in 2021. The purpose of the bankruptcy filing is so that the diocese may be able to compensate each victim and continue to serve the faithful within its services and ministries. Ogdensburg Bishop Terry Lavalley said in a letter to the faithful on July 17th, Ogdensburg is the fifth diocese in the state of New York to file bankruptcy following the passing of the Child Victims Act in 2019. Now, only the Archdiocese of New York has not filed for bankruptcy as a result in the legislation within the state. Well, what a day in history this is. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Okay, I just checked, uh, getting back up to that first step, uh, it's, uh, that doesn't collapse too far, but, uh, it's, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It was this day, 1969, Apollo 11 carried the first humans to the moon. Six hours after landing on the moon, American Neil Armstrong stepped onto the lunar surface He spent two and a half hours outside the spacecraft. Buzz Aldrin soon followed, stepping onto the surface. Now, after joining Armstrong, the two men collected 47.5 pounds of lunar material. (gasps) What? That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of rocks. Uh, Their specimens would make the journey back to Earth to be analyzed. Millions of Americans watched the mission from Earth as televisions around the world tuned into the live broadcasts. NASA reported the moon landing as being the single greatest technological achievement of all time. I am amazed that we have never been back to the moon since that time, more than 50 years ago. I know. We just decided that we didn't need to, that there wasn't much there for us. I don't know, but is, is there a, a potential yeah. that we could be going back? There is. Yeah, okay. they, they've been working on that. And so I'm not quite sure what the timeline is, but that's, yeah, that's been worked on or being talked about. It seems with the technology that we have been able to obtain over the last 50 years, there could be more that we could learn or see or examine about our moon. Yeah. Uh, but I do kind of worry, don't mess with the moon too much. Yeah. We ju- just leave it alone, let it be in its little happy orbit, so that way our tides 
work the way that it does. Right. We rely on our moon yeah. very, very much on the Earth. I kind of want to go to Mars. See, that's Do what I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm, I'm waiting for that trip to Mars. Okay. Yeah. Well, as soon as they got tickets, uh, get in line. Okay. A tiny knockoff Louis Vuitton handbag sold for $63,750 at auction earlier this week. Wow. That's a lot of money for a handbag. The green bag made by the New York-based art collective Mischief measures in at 657 by 222 by 700 micrometers. Mm. Smaller than a grain of salt and narrow enough to pass through the eye of a needle, the collective described in an Instagram post. The bag was on display in Paris earlier this month, mounted under a microscope because that's what you needed in order to see it. Sure, It acts as a commentary, they said, on the impracticality of ever-shrinking luxury handbags, Mischief Chief Creative Officer told the New York Times. The microscopic handbag was sold at Jupiter, an auction house founded by Louis Vuitton's men designer and music producer Pharrell Williams. Wisner told the Times that the art collective hadn't asked permission to use the Louis Vuitton logo or design. So they have a picture of it uh, online that you can see. It's a green bag and he's holding it literally on the end of his finger. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it under a microscope or under, you know, magnification, we'll say it's a handbag. And it has the Louis Vuitton logos all (laughs) over the face of this bag. It, it, Who made it? Uh, mischief. Mischief made I don't even know how they had it printed. Yeah. But it's pretty tiny, but you know, you're not gonna be carrying too much in that bag and <laughs> yes. you're very likely to lose it I was along gonna say, your way. You could lose it very easily, no doubt. <laughs> well, in sports, one of golf's majors is underway across the pond. The open championship being played at the Royal Liverpool Golf Club in England. The open has been at the course twelve times. Now, one of the favorites will be Rory McIlroy, and this might bring him a little luck. He is wearing some Beatles-inspired golf shoes, paying homage to the Fab Four who formed in Liverpool all those years ago. On one side of the shoe, it reads, Live to Play, with Play to Live on the other. The shoes have the Beatles' psychedelic-era look with the wavy letters and bright rainbow colors. That's pretty cool shoes. Nice. Yeah. Uh, McElroy, the 2014 British Open champ, is coming into the week hot off his win at the Genesis Scottish Open. Okay, I'll be watching myself a little golf this yeah, weekend. Yeah, be. When California real estate agent John Reyes went to Los Angeles to clean out the former home of his father-in-law, he did expect to find some trash. Instead, he found some cash. More than one million copper pennies to be specific reyes a real estate agent in ontario california found the massive amount of moolah worth at least ten thousand dollars just at face value last year in a crawl space under a home that once belonged to his father-in-law but it was a daunting task for one simple reason he said this Family member kept everything in the Mm. crawl space was so tight that family members had to get on their hands and knees to reach some of the corners. We were trying to do a thorough job, he said, and as a result, started finding a bunch of loose pennies before discovering boxes 
and bank bags filled with pennies before the U.S. switched from copper to zinc. After weighing the bags and determining the approximate amount in each bag, the family figured there were at least a million pennies in the crawl space. But the answer to a question, well, brought up another question. What do they do with all those pennies? Yeah. They tried to exchange them at the bank, which didn't have enough space, and they transported the pennies in two trucks to another bank, only to have them refuse them also. But bank employees suggested combing through the pennies in search of particular rare coins. They decided to offer the whole bunch up for $25,000, which is admittedly more than the face value. But the thing is, the buyer has to transport the pennies. So again, the face value of the pennies alone is around $10,000. But there's more than two cents worth of copper in each of the pre-1982 pennies. All right. Uh, There could be some rare runs in the bunch. The problem is... Who's going through it all? You may never be able to get through all of those pennies to find those rare ones out there, but... Well, maybe somebody's got a little time on their hands. How did that guy save a million pennies? Just uh, pocket, just over the years, decided to just put these few away. It's amazing. People throw away pennies all the time. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Beginning tomorrow, running through Saturday, is Encounter School of Ministry Summer Intensive Program at Ascension Catholic Church in Portland. The Summer Intensive School provides a survey of content offered in the first four quarters of the Encounter School of Ministry over a two-day period. It's perfect for anyone desiring to attend Encounter School during the year. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Your summer job is to place those pennies in those paper rolls. You know how yeah, they count have them those? Out. Yeah, count them out and put them in there. <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> That's it. Hey, you're going to hear about Franciscan spirituality. You'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. For more than 33 years, Matraday Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultry. It's really miraculous. I had come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Matraday Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate occasions and three separate priests, God's providence was so clear to me. And I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Day Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at materdayradio.com. It is 814 Day Radio. Going to be a nice day today. Mostly sunny skies. Highs of up to 88 degrees. 
Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 61. Friday, some morning clouds and a high of 86. Saturday, sunny, 86. Sunday, mostly sunny, 83. Nice few days ahead. Sounds great. 62 degrees right now at Immaculate Heart Catholic Church in Kelso, Washington. And 59 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Albany. Good morning. This is Dina Marie with a Franciscan moment on Mater Dei Radio. The summer season is a perfect time for rejuvenation and renewing your faith life, whether it's at a CYO summer camp, World Youth Day event, a Steubenville conference, or the countless retreats and gatherings aimed at our families, our youth and young adults. The Holy Spirit is working 24-7 to renew and enrich the life of our youth and young adults. With me today to discuss how the Holy Spirit is active among our university students is Franciscan Friday. Father Dan Petit. Father, thanks for coming back during the summer season. It's great to have you with us. Well, thank you, Dean Marie. It's always good to be with you, too. And uh, I hope you're staying cool up there in Portland. <laughs> well, you know it. We were talking before we got on the air, triple digits in Texas all the time, and we're barely getting up to 50. But I know our summer season, we might hit 75 or 80, Father. <laughs> <laughs> But we wow, do. That sounds like a that sounds like air conditioned comfort down here. I know, I know <laughs> exactly. We are grateful to be, and you've been in the Pacific Northwest. You know the lovely weather out here, and yeah. not the snow and harsh weather that you've experienced in Minnesota growing right. up. But uh, wherever God plants us, right, He provides a place for us to be nourished. And Blue where you're is, planted. That's right. Grow where you're planted. I thought it'd be fun. I know that you've spent many years on the university campus at Franciscan University at Steubenville, Ohio. A lot of our listeners are very familiar with Steubenville. We've got folks Mm -hmm. that are working here in the archdiocese who have graduated there. But there's that Franciscan spirit that really is alive and well on the university campus. And I thought you could just give us a sense, first off, just your experience there. What led you to Franciscan University to uh, to be there as a professor, to to work with our students. Just what's been your experience there? Uh, well, my experience uh, is, has been for 29 years. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of change in 29 years. I mean, I retired in 2017, so I have been away from the university now for about five or six years. But during my time there, my, my experience of it was from going from a really heavily charismatic influence that started to quiet down in the 90s to really getting into what they call now a sort of dynamic orthodoxy, which is a spirit-filled dedication to the faith, the Catholic faith, the spirit-filled, because you can also have varieties of the Catholic faith that are non-transcendent and sort of tunnel-visioned, you know. With the spirit filled, the idea of that being that it's a it's a real vibrant being alive to the mysteries of the faith, and that's what we're after at Franciscan University. Now, I know the university has been around at least seventy five years. I think around nineteen forty six when it originally opened, mm-hmm. but get a sense of this, the Franciscan spirit or, you know, how St. Francis is present in, in the environment, in the education, in just what you've experienced there as a professor in the classroom uh, at mass with the students, where do you see really St. Francis coming alive? Well, I'll tell you the, the symbol at the 
part of the campus is the San Damiano crucifix, which spoke to St. Francis at, at the Church of St. Damien. You might recall in 1206, Francis was in this Church of St. Damien, which was pretty dilapidated and broken down. And here's this cross that suddenly the face moved on it and said to Francis, Francis, go rebuild my church, which as you see is in ruins. And he took that to mean the church that was that he was in, which was dilapidated. And he started actually rebuilding it with his own hands. Of course, later it came to be known as his being called to rebuild the Church of Christ universally by especially preaching and awakening Christ in the hearts of the faithful because Jesus had fallen asleep and he needed to be awakened. And uh, that was one of the effects of Francis on the church, I think, was he really came into the church by his example and also by his preaching. He awoke, he, he, he wakened Jesus to come alive again in the hearts of people and they began to love Jesus in the Eucharist, to want to hear the word of God and live by the word of God. And he attracted many followers to where today we have the Franciscan order even. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and all that's there at Franciscan with this center, right. uh, go rebuild my church, which as you see is falling into ruins. Well, that's the mission of Franciscan University is to rebuild the church by awakening Christ in the hearts of these students in particular, and then to send them out into the world to do the same. Right. Provide that environment and that fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit, uh, currently serves at St. Andrew Catholic Church in Fort Worth, Texas, but spent several years at Franciscan University of Steubenville as a professor, uh, of course, in the classroom and in the chapel. And just to be in that environment, I think it's interesting, Father, to see these universities that a particular order, like the Franciscans, that's part of their mission. And explain a little bit, because maybe we think a friar, you're just supposed to be off in a monastery praying, but there's this active role of education, of being involved right. in, in the educational process of these, these young people, how that's become part of the Franciscan mission, particularly for your order, the third order, uh, regular Franciscans. Well, I mean, that's part of the Franciscan element of this whole thing is, I mean, TORs, third order regular, most people, they go, what is that? You know, it's like, well, that's part of it. I mean, we aren't, we're not, we're not like that renowned in the church, really. Yeah, but we have this incredible, vibrant university that is still small. It's not, I mean, it's not really that big or anything. It's still pretty small, probably about 3,000 students. But I think the thing that we are able to do is, and do well, is to try to really tap into the Franciscan charism because Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, a lot of universities excel at truth, but neglect the way and the life. So the purpose of Franciscan has been always, yes, we have, we're dedicated to the truth, but we also attempt to meet our students and teach them the way, which is, you know, the way of life in the dormitories, you, you want to try to be responsible there because a lot of truth gets undermined by the way you live in the dorms, you know, so we try to get the gospel into the dorms as well. So that's the way the truth, the life is in worship, you know, prayer, and we try to cultivate prayer among our students. And I think the way and the life oftentimes get neglected 
neglected within our Catholic universities, and we go so overboard for the truth that we neglect these other areas. But we pride as a university to go for the whole package of Christ as not just the truth, but also the way, the truth, and the life, and get those all together. Right, right. And you talked about, Father Dan, the really the origins of Franciscan University in Steubenville has that tie to the charismatic renewal. And I know our listeners are familiar with renewal ministries out in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Sister Ann Shields, Ralph Martin, you know, the team that's really part of that, that, that fire of the Holy Spirit. But where have you really seen that Holy Spirit on, on, it just, I think, is a beautiful thing to visualize a Holy Spirit on fire on a university setting, you know, with these young people who are asking questions, who are preparing for their lives, who are listening to God's call. Um, you need the Holy Spirit to be part of that process. Well, I think so, yes. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the one Jesus said will lead us into all truth. And young people are asking a lot of very difficult questions today because they're being confronted with a lot of things. I know I can speak for myself, at least. I never met any of this stuff uh, that they're meeting today um, that's so troubling, and they're asking questions about it that are very uh, important to be able to supply some kind of answer to, you know, and we do have the answer uh, as supplied to us by our tradition, but then even the cutting edge is the spirit continuing to instruct the church as we make our way through these challenging times. Those answers are also being provided to the students in prayer, um, also to professors in their prayer, the classroom, their family life, uh, and of course the continuing magisterium of the church, which is unfolding uh, the truth. And all of that coming together, we try to bring that to bear to really meet the students' questions, because they have so many questions when they come to us, and they're so confused, many of them, you know. Right. Father Dan Petit with us during the summer season as we reflect on some of his time at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Father, I'm coming up to a break, but hold on the line. I want to continue our conversation, talk a little bit more about some of your experiences in the classroom and just seeing the Holy Spirit alive and well with our young people and giving us some hope and encouragement as we move forward in the summer season. So we stay with me and we'll be back in the next half hour. Sounds good. Thank you. It is 824 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, you can tap into the incredible power of prayer with Mater Day Radio in our daily broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Sacred Mysteries of Christ and Our Lady, and the Holy Rosary, and a variety of insightful spiritual reflections. With all these present troubles in our world, prayer is the answer. So do you have a more specific prayer request? Well, why not share it with our powerful prayer team? Just call our prayer hotline or go online to complete the form. And no need is too small or too large for our Lord. It is the power of prayer through our prayer hotline. Information at matradayradio.com. You can also pray with using the Hail Mary media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
Support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. Well, smoky skies yesterday led to some burn bans. We'll have the story for you in the news. And Pope's Ukraine envoy wraps up a whirlwind diplomatic visit in Washington, D.C. A little time with President Biden ended the visit. I'll have that story for you coming up in news in three minutes. Here's one from Matt Marr I found in our music archives, David. It is new state of mind. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. She's a lot of like grace. She's a lot of like grace. I can't live without her. When I'm with her, the world it looks like a better place. She's a lot of life.
And that is Matt Marr, New State of Mind. It is 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, a couple of big fires yesterday prompted Multnomah County health officials to issue a mandatory burn ban for all county residents due to air pollution from the blazes. The ban included all backyard burning, recreational fires, burning yard debris, agricultural burning, and permits issued for open burning. Have not heard yet this morning how long the ban will be in place. Depends on the air quality. The restrictions don't apply to cooking, but the county is asking residents to exercise extreme caution when cooking outdoors. County officials said smoke from a paper mill fire in Longview entered the Portland metro area on Tuesday evening, degrading air quality. Then a massive structure fire at the former Kmart store at the corner of 122nd and Sandy Boulevard also contributed to poor air quality during morning hours yesterday. You also had that wildfire still burning down in southern Oregon. That was bringing smoke up into the valley as well. So you really had all three of these things happening all at once. So uh, hopefully today will be a little bit better. Italian Cardinal Matteo Zuppi met with President Joe Biden Tuesday evening to discuss the Vatican's humanitarian efforts in war-torn Ukraine. Owen Jensen, EWTN News Night League, has the coverage. After spending time Tuesday at the U.S. Capitol, Cardinal Matteo Zuppi then met with President Joe Biden, the White House writing a summary of their discussions. President Biden shared his wishes for Pope Francis's continued ministry and global leadership and welcomed the recent nomination of a U.S. Archbishop as Cardinal. They also discussed the Holy See's efforts providing humanitarian aid to address the widespread suffering caused by Russia's continuing aggression in Ukraine, as well as the Vatican's advocacy for the return of four forcibly deported Ukrainian children. A statement from the Vatican said Zuppi's visit seeks to facilitate the exchange of ideas and opinions regarding this situation. Well, a ticket sold in California has won the $1 billion Powerball jackpot in Wednesday night's drawing among the largest in the game's history. The lucky ticket holder will have the choice between taking the full prize over a period of time or a lump sum payment of $558 million. Now, that's before taxes, so I don't know how much taxes will take, but still, that's a pretty nice, nice little payday. Nice little payday right there. Uh, the ticket was sold at Las Palmitas Mini Market in downtown Los Angeles, according to the California Lottery. You know that Mini Mart store gets a pretty good deal, too, because sure. if the ticket's bought at your store, you get a big prize too mm-hmm. so that's uh, going to be a nice deal for that that little store i'm sure wednesday's prize ranks as the seventh largest u.s lottery jackpot and third largest powerball jackpot behind the world record of two billion powerball dollars sold in california of course so yeah that's the place to be i guess in addition to wednesday's big winner 36 tickets sold across 16 states matched all five numbers to win one million dollars but don't despair because Friday, the Mega Millions game, that drawing is going to be worth $720 million. So what you're saying is you still got a chance. You got a chance, that's, that's right. for sure. Did it seem like traffic was especially snarled yesterday morning? 
It's because it was a series of emergencies on Interstate 5 and Interstate 205 early Wednesday made for extensive traffic jams and lengthy morning commutes for many Clark County motorists. Just before 7 a.m., the Washington State Patrol troopers responded to a crash on the southbound lanes of Interstate 5 Bridge. A spokesperson for the Washington Department of Transportation said it took responders about 40 minutes to clear that crash. As traffic moved over to I-2, there was another crash shortly after 7 a.m. on the Glen Jackson Bridge. State Patrol spokesman Trooper Will Flynn said that was shortly followed at 8.34 a.m. by a road rage incident that ended in a three-vehicle crash on I-205 near Exit 27. Investigators determined a driver crashed into a Washington state driver, which pushed them into an Oregon state driver, and then... Well, into the shoulder of the highway. Troopers referred charges of reckless driving and third-degree driving with a suspended license. So, yeah, it Mm. gets difficult when traffic backs up like that. But just let's keep a cool head about it. We all want to get to our destination safely. You know, what happens, too, is you get the trickle-down effect. So people bail off the highways and then onto the surface streets, and then that packs the surface streets up. exactly. So, yeah, it just it's one of those times of year where you you have to deal with that for sure. Sports, this should be a lot of fun for soccer fans. A watch party is planned for Portland's Pioneer Courthouse Square tomorrow as the U.S. women's national team takes on Vietnam in its opening match of the 2023 FIFA World Cup being played in Auckland, New Zealand. The watch party, being hosted by the Sports Bra Bar and Restaurant, starts at noon and will feature a 2 p.m. showing of the classic soccer film Bend It Like Beckham. That'll be followed by a live stream of the match at 6 p.m. Again, that's tomorrow evening. Portland Thorn stars Sophia Smith and Crystal Dunn lead the U.S. squad. It's going after a third consecutive World Cup title. Team also features University of Portland alum Megan Rapino, who has announced this will be her last World Cup with the team as she edges toward retirement. Already matches played in the World Cup. New Zealand upset Norway today. So uh, big game there for the home team, New Zealand. So that's kind of a fun location being in Auckland, New Zealand. I would love to go see that in person. That'd be fun. So uh, anyway, tomorrow, (laughs) Pioneer Courthouse Square, place to be. Whenever a saint or biblical character wanted to hear God, they almost always distanced themselves from another other people or sought solitude. And sometimes they would find a secluded forest to encounter God, while other times they would find a mountain. An episode in the life of the prophet Elijah is one of the best known examples of this type of solitude. God expressly asked Elijah to go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will pass by. Then God reveals himself to Elijah in what some translation calls a still small voice. Even Jesus, during his agony in the garden, distanced himself from his apostles in order to speak with his heavenly father, where he said, sit here while I go over there and pray. In order to hear God's voice within our soul, we must reduce all exterior distractions. There's a reason why it is typically much easier to pray in an empty church building than in the middle of Times Square. Our minds can easily be led astray by both verbal noise as well as visual noise. As it is revealed in the life of Elijah, God is not easily heard in the violent storm, fire, or earthquake, 
but in the stillness. And we should try to remember this simple fact and take advantage of any opportunity we are given to spend time alone, away from other people. Time of solitude can be seen as a gift from God and an opportunity to deepen our relationship with Him. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Sunday at 1030, the community is invited to an annual parish picnic at St. Birgitta's Catholic Church here in Portland. St. Birgitta will have its annual parish picnic on Sunday, July 23rd, the Feast of St. Birgitta, following the 930 a.m. Mass, traditional high Latin Mass. On the picnic menu, sausages, hot dogs, pulled pork, ice cream, and drinks. There's also going to be a lot of fun games and a raffle. You can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. We just drove by St. Brigitte. It's right you? there out on Highway 30. Like if you're heading out to St. Helens. Oh, really? That way, Scapoose. Yeah, great, great little place right there. So, well, uh, go head over yeah, there Sunday and get abso- something to eat. Absolutely. Uh, more on Franciscan spirituality right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It is 741 here at Mater Day Radio. We got a stretch of nice summer temperatures ahead of us this week, but we are still dealing with smoke in the air. That Longview fire is under control, so we should be getting to see a decrease in smoke through the day. Beginning today, partly sunny skies, highs getting us to near 88 degrees. Overnight, we're going to cool down to the 60 degree mark. Then tomorrow, about the same 70, excuse me, 87 degrees then it looks like we stay in the mid 80s through the weekend and into next week and it is 64 degrees at saint brigitte church love it and it's 65 degrees catholic community services of clark county in vancouver this is dina marie and i'm back with franciscan friar father dan petit we've been talking about some of his experience as one of the university 
professors at Franciscan University of Steubenville, obviously operated by the Franciscan Friars there in Ohio. We've heard a lot through Catholic Radio, EWTN, about the life of Franciscan University, been around for over 75 years. And I wanted to get Father's really impressions as we look at the Holy Spirit's work in the church, particularly with our youth and young adults. Father Dan, give us a sense a little bit. I mean, being in the classroom with these students, you talked earlier about, you know, they have a lot of questions. And in our multimedia world, even when you were there, I mean, the Internet, technology, the lure of of just this quick fix versus asking questions, debating dialogue. We've lost a bit of that in the high tech world. What were some of the interactions with, with students, just ways in which you've been able to see the progress of our young people in the classroom with their hearts and minds? Yeah, I have noticed uh, what you know during the early two thousands, for example, with the with the computer. I remember the first time our freshman orientation, we had a tough time getting them to come out of their rooms because they were stuck with their gadgets, and that was a new phenomena for us. You know, because I've been there since eighty seven, and we had no problem getting them out and socializing, but it started to get more difficult. We had to lure them out with pizza and this kind of thing. You know, and uh, <laughs> Uh, but that was the problem. And what slowly began to evolve, at least until I retired in 2017, was the students themselves were beginning to come up with their own codes of conduct with this with this uh, uh, technology. Uh, and they would become conscious of how impersonal it is to pull your phone out during lunch and start looking at it, you know, and uh, if I was to do that to get a look at an email, they would even call me on it, you know, and and so I would put my phone away and we'd have more personal co con connection. And I thought that was really something that was, um, I, I found that very instructive because uh, the students were doing that themselves. They were becoming even tired of these interruptions from this technology among themselves, you know. Right, right. You mentioned earlier, Father Dan, about this dynamic orthodoxy and a little mm -hmm. bit of how just the education, the environment there at Franciscan University. Unpack that a little bit. What does that mean and how is it lived out and how have you seen that live out at the university? Well, you know, Pope John Paul II was the one to say that in the Catholic Church, we don't have liberal and conservative. Those are political terms. What we have is orthodoxy and heterodoxy. So orthodoxy would be an upright faith and heterodoxy would be a compromised faith. You know, it'd be kind of, it'd be, it'd be wine that has been cut with water for heterodoxy. It's not the, it's not the real deal. And, and Jesus is the favored wine at the, at the wedding at Cana. It came last and here he is, this fine wine. Well, that's orthodoxy. And so, the deal, though, is that it's not simply an intellectual concept orthodoxy. Um, that would be a narrow understanding of it. It's dynamic and life-giving. It's it's not dogma in the sense of a club of the past that you use to bring forward into the present and beat people over the head with it. No, it actually appeals to the interior man or woman and seeks to revive them. That's what orthodoxy does when it's dynamic. It revives them. So, for example, in teaching theology, I love to see the lights go on in the souls of my students. And all of a sudden they would be engaged and they start asking these questions or they come and see me outside of class. 
it was exciting to see that happening. But see, that's what dynamic orthodoxy does. It revives the soul and revives faith because it's not just a bunch of ideas, but it's living and endowed with the Holy Spirit. Right. And Father Dan, in the classroom, in the chapel, just on the environment, on the campus, preparing these young people, we think a lot about the educational part, the knowledge, but it's really, in my mind, it's about what's God's plan for you? Are you prepared to hear and and receive your vocation? What's the vocational preparation like on the campus at Franciscan University? How did you work to really help young people discover God has a plan for you and a purpose. And let's discover that right here. Yeah, we we do on the campus, of course, have what is called the priestly discernment program, which uh, actually predates um, my stay at the university in 88. Um, It was at our seminary in 79, which closed in 79, but it was actually a kind of uh, a priestly discernment program at the seminary that then was taken up at the university when we closed the seminary. And it's a place where men can discern priesthood. And of course, we do have some communities of sisters on campus, and they also have what they call the nun runs, you know, and they try to bring the the women in and they've gotten vocations as well. And then of course, there's always the perennial question of marriage, which has occupies even a greater share of the discernment, of course, because we are attempting to help these young people go from being freshmen to seniors graduating, that if it's possible for them that their that their future partner would be at the university, we try to help them discern that as well in prayer before Christ. And, uh, you know, the idea being that um, a vocation is a call from God, and that would include marriage. Right, right. And just thinking about this environment, having the Franciscans there, what what has been the role of the friars uh, in residence life, in activities, obviously in prayer life, but just for you being on the campus for so long and, and your fellow friars, what do you see your role in really working with these young people? Well, you know, I kind of chuckle because I... My experience of working there for 29 years was the university, basically, for me, it was a black hole. I mean, it was like I went to bed at night without finishing much of anything, and then I'd wake up the next morning, it would still be there, and I'd just take it up again. Because 18 to 22-year-old, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's just so much going on, so many moving parts, and the friars are heavily involved in all of it. So there are some that teach, like I did, but there are others in administration. And then there was others who worked, uh, for example, as chaplain of the university, and all of us friars hear confessions and have the masses on campus. So we get very involved, and maybe I know myself, I met in the evenings with students. So I would teach during the day and then meet with students in the evening. And that was that was pretty much seven days a week. I mean, they would if they needed to meet, you know, I, I would try to meet their demands and 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 of course. It wasn't, it was life counseling, I call it. I mean, and helping them find life and and discern life, a lot of common sense stuff, but they're trying to find their way. And that's what I try to help them do in the evenings. But then during during the day, I was teaching, of course, had a full load of four courses, about 140 to 160 students. And then I would meet with them as well and have my committee meetings during the day 
So it was pretty constant, my own involvement. And I know the other friars as well are very involved there. Right, right. I know that a lot of our folks look towards the summer season for the Steubenville conferences, like in addition to having the university, it's this this Holy Spirit presence, this fire alive in our faith that that really is reaching out. I think just maybe as we close up today, just thinking about the summer season, our families that need to have a revival, we need to have a a reconnection with the Holy Spirit. And, And what's maybe your advice for us to really maybe take advantage of of the example of Franciscan University in our own lives. Well, I used to like, I used to, I used to very much appreciate when visitors would come and they, they would say they experienced, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and uh, they experienced the life of God when they came on campus. And I so appreciated that because my experience of that was the cross. Uh, so and, I, and I'm not speaking just for myself. There are many, many people at the university working so hard and we're, we're bearing the responsibility of the cross so that when visitors come, they can experience the resurrection. So it's kind of both sides of the mystery are there. And we're, we're, we're involved in the daily prayer and we're involved in the labor and trying to serve. And we have adoration on campus. The students have 24-7 adoration during the school year. And See, all of this is going on, and that's bearing responsibility for the faith in a way that permits people to then and come and experience the resurrection on the other side of that. And I think that's one of the, the, the gifts that the university has to offer as long as we stay faithful to our side of the responsibility of living the faith and trying to observe it. And we're trying to do that just like everybody else. It's not like we're... You know, we're, we're learning it as we go too. I mean, and that's what we're just trying to do there. That's all. And I think people can go though to the university for a summer conference and really come into that life of the campus as well and experience it and be revived. Right. Well, come Holy Spirit, come. Let's continue to pray for the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, particularly in our families and our young people. And it's just inspiring, Father, to see the the zeal of the Franciscans continuing decade after decade to serve the needs of our young people and help them be prepared to listen to God's call and to say yes. And uh, with that, Father, again, thank you so much for spending a little time with us this summer. Would you help us close with a prayer and your blessing over our listeners? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, you taught us through St. Paul that faith comes through hearing. We pray for the ears to hear your call in our lives and and respond most generously in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you now and remain with all of you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed summer. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy your, uh, your the greenery and the and the cooler weather up there. Absolutely. It is eight fifty three at Mater Day Radio. One of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio. Really quick and easy, just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page. All the information is right there. Likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Dei Radio's Vehicle Donation Program on our website at materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Atheists often justify their atheism by saying there's no scientific evidence for God. But this is problematic for two reasons. First, science can no more detect God than a metal detector can detect plastic cups. God, who is immaterial, is beyond the scope of scientific inquiry because science is restricted to detecting matter. This leads to a second critique. The argument confuses method with reality. Science's inability to detect God says nothing whether or not God exists. It's simply a manifestation of the limitations of its detecting powers. To say God doesn't exist because science can't detect him is to confuse the limitations of the method for knowing reality with what is real. So it really doesn't matter that science can't detect God and therefore is not a justifiable reason to be an atheist. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one, we all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 856 at Mater Day Radio, mostly sunny skies today, high of 88 degrees, partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 61, and then some morning clouds tomorrow, then a high of 86, Saturday 86, Sunday 83. Right there in that beautiful July weather. Currently 64 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, it is Daniel Oberreiter and the Thirsting. It is Dreams, right here at Mater Day Radio. If you're lost inside a dream and stuck in in between, Waiting for the answers to your life And if you're searching for a sign And you're down to your last dime You're hoping for more time to make it right Well every road takes a bend And every tree sways in the wind The journey is the end where it begins And you will fly high tonight And if the sun sets in your life And only rises in the night Every step you take just ends in broken lines And if you're stuck inside a rut Covered in the mud In a cistern deep and hollowed That's 
your life Well every wave comes to an end And every path will take a bend The journey is the end where it begins And you will fly The Thirsting and Dreams. It is 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. That's going to wrap it up for David and Brent on the Morning Blend on uh, National Moon Day. Can you moonwalk? Oh, I cannot absolutely dance the moonwalk, nor will I probably ever walk myself on the moon in actuality. Well, you never say never. Never you know? say never. Uh, I suppose that, that's, that's right. the case. So, uh, hey, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow, Friday already. All Look right. at that. Going right through the week. That is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Belen. You can live with passion with Father Cedric this evening. We hope you have a very blessed day.